Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Ronis. And you can find all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. I'll be here for the next hour, taking you until 8 p.m. Eastern, as we do each and every weekday, of course. If you can't listen live, you can always check it out on demand. Lots to get to today. Be joined by Chris Vaccaro from The Athletic. He's a high-stakes player, putting a lot of money on the line, so you want to listen to what he has to say. Always a good time talking to him. He'll join me at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, you can check out my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. My fantasy football stock watch is up, looking at some risers and fallers. Who should you trade for? Who should you think about trading away? Check it out right now. It is up. You can enter the promo code RONIS70 to get 70% off your first month. Dr. Roto's Week 9 Waiver Wire Wednesday, as well as his video, Fantasy Football for Breakfast. We have the Fantasy NASCAR rankings as well. For the Texas 500 at Texas Motor Speedway, you can ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. You will get an answer from myself, Dr. Otto, or Sean Childs, or maybe all three of us. The Week 9 projections from Sean Childs are up. Check out Scout DFS. We got you covered for NFL, NHL, and NBA. It was another good night last night for the NBA. Some of the picks the optimizer spit out. Buddy Heald on DraftKings, he was 5,500. He gave you 46.25, crushed value. Sikium, I can't even. I gotta figure out how to say his name from Toronto. Uh, he's done a really nice job. I drafted in my season long league, thirty nine hundred last night. He had forty two point seven five on DK, so he crushed it. Fifteen points, fifteen rebounds, and uh, Bradley Beal at sixty eight hundred gave you forty one point two five. So another good night there for the optimizer. You could check it out. Seven day free trial for the NBA. Telling you was fire last year. You cash most nights, and it continues so far this year to be really good as well. So uh, there's still time to get in for tonight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. The slate kicks off a little later tonight, so uh, you can get your lineup in there. Of course, big news for the NBA today is Jimmy Butler going to sit out with general soreness, although there's a story that he's looking, obviously, to find his way out of Minnesota and hoping a trade comes. Uh, Apparently, he is going to travel with the team when they face Golden State on the road Friday, but... He is out, and Jeff Teague is out, so opening some value up for Minnesota. And if you use the optimizer, it's going to give you a couple picks for Minnesota. So go there right now, scoutdfs.com. Look for the NBA. Uh, sign up for the seven-day free trial. Look for the optimizer and win some money. I want to see you guys win. I will continue to pound this because you guys need to join now, vegaswhispers.com. Three and one last night. Uh, with the NHL and NBA, so they're on a roll. I think it's 14-2 to two over the last 16 games they picked, and we obviously know you can't continue at that pace. The point is, though, many of the picks are winning, and you need to take advantage of it. Now, the free pick of the day, I'll give it to you. 
but you can check it out vegaswhispers.com there's always a free pick of the day it's the under 223 on the Chicago Bulls Denver Nuggets game so you can check that out there um, and, and test it out they give you an explanation on why and of course if you become a member you get access to the private Twitter feed where you can set up alerts on your phone and everything will come to you so I want to see you guys win I've been following the picks using them myself uh, VegasWhispers.com. So come join us today and win some money. I want all you guys to increase that bankroll and get rich in the process somehow. Whether it's DFS, gambling, season long, we got you covered at ScoutFantasySports.com. Let's take a look at some of the top stories right now in the NFL, what it means for your fantasy team. A.J. Green is looking like he's going to get this uh, foot injury examined further. We heard yesterday he was in a walking boot, and the reports were it was precautionary. But Paul Denner, who covers the team, said there's some swelling in the injured area and that he's going to go further testing. So they don't know yet exactly what the issue is. The Bengals are on bye this week, so the timing could not be any better. But now you just got to hope that there's nothing more serious to this because A.J. Green has been one of the more consistent contributors this year. I have A.J. Green in two leagues, uh, so I'll definitely be paying attention to this. So the Bengals return from bye uh, next week. Obviously, in Week 10, they play the Saints, which, you know, that a game where they should put up points, and then they got the Ravens in Week 11. So these are two big games for the Bengals upcoming, and they're going to need A.J. Green. So we'll just have to keep an eye on that and keep you posted in the next few days. Hopefully there's some news on that tomorrow, but... Nothing to worry about this week because A.J. Green is off, but just something to keep in mind if you are an A.J. Green owner. Stefan Diggs missed practice today with a rib injury. Now, this is an injury that he suffered last week in Sunday night's game. Apparently, I think it happened from the reports I saw, like the second quarter. So he played the rest of the game. So it seems like it's a pain tolerance issue. And also, most veterans... If there's any type of injury, they're not going to practice on Wednesday. I wouldn't expect Diggs to practice much this week. But it doesn't seem like this is something that's going to have him sit out. Diggs has received double-digit targets in every game this year except two. He's coming off one of his better games of the year. 10 for 119 and a touchdown. Obviously, he's had a very good year. Adam Thielen's the one who's putting up the bigger numbers. But Diggs has been really good himself. So uh, it doesn't seem like this is too serious at this point and maybe it's a game-time decision, who knows, but I don't think there's any need to panic on this just yet. Dalvin Cook was back at practice today. He was limited. Still seems like he's not going to play this week. You know, there was a report that came out, I think it was last week, that said they expect him to sit because the Vikings have a bye in Week 10. So it would make sense. Basically, it's the same thing that the Jaguars did with Leonard Fournette. There's no need to rush him back this week. You know, it is a good matchup against Detroit. But even if he does return, you have to worry about being on a snap count like we saw in that first game he came back. He played the first half. I think it was a Thursday night game. Yeah, the Rams. It was a Thursday night game against the Rams. He only played the first half. So you don't want to risk that. So my guess is he will not play this week. And you'll see Latavius Murray with another big workload and a good matchup here against Detroit, although they did acquire Snacks Harrison recently. But Detroit has been run on this year. And Murray has been pretty good outside of that one dud game. So this might be the last week that you can use Latavius Murray. Good news here for Cooper Cup. I think we all felt that this was probably a week he would return. I know Sean McVay expressed that last week. So he was limited in practice today. 
Uh, McVeigh said there's a good chance that Cup plays Sunday. So uh, this is a good news for those that have been waiting on Cup because when we first saw that injury, we really thought that it potentially could have been a season ender. It looked really bad. He somehow came back to that game for one series, but eventually he exited the game and he's missed the last two weeks. And you could say the Rams' offense has missed him a little bit. You know, Cup's been really reliable. Cup in every game except the game against Denver, but he got hurt in that game where he had one target, played 28 snaps. He's uh, giving you double-digit points in PPR formats every week. He just has such a high floor. The team tends to look for him in the red zone. He basically he had five touchdowns in five games. So he's been a key piece of that offense, and it looks like he potentially could return this week. And if he's back, I think you're going to use him. Uh, it's a high-scoring game over under a 60 for the Saints and the Rams. Definitely going to be an exciting game to watch. And last I saw, uh, the Saints are favored in that game. That line moved. I think the Rams originally opened up uh, as favorites in that one. And uh, now the line has shifted. Uh, looking at it on the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, the Saints are favored by two in that game. The over-under is 60 in that game. Uh, some other news. So we got Mike Evans didn't practice today with a knee injury. It's an injury he suffered late in last week's loss to the Bengals. So something to keep an eye on. As I mentioned before, we see a lot of maintenance days for veteran players. So, you know, I've always said sometimes there's injuries we don't know about. Then we see the Wednesday practice report and they come out. So we'll be paying attention to this for tomorrow and Friday. Obviously, if Evans sits against Carolina, Big boost for Chris Godwin and Deshaun Jackson and the tight end, O.J. Howard. And, you know, either way, a lot of those guys are in play. You know, Godwin's tricky just because, you know, he's not getting a huge uh, percentage of the snaps, although I think it was last week where he was second in uh, percentage of snaps. He's been reliant on touchdowns, and he's a really good talent. I like him a lot. Uh, he did not have a big game last week, just uh, two for 32. But, you know, many weeks he's gotten you to double-digit points. In PPR formats, he's really had two bad games every other week. He's gotten a double digits. Now, it has been touchdown dependent, but the one thing we have seen is Ryan Fitzpatrick tends to look for him in the end zone. So, you know, Godwin, not a must play, but six teams are on by. So if Evans were out, that would help him for sure. Good news here on Tyreek Hill. We knew he had a groin injury last week. He is practicing in full today. So that's really good news as the Chiefs, take on the Browns, and you're always worried about a groin injury with a speed guy. So the fact that he put in a full practice today, that is definitely good news because uh, Tyreek Hill obviously has been a big piece for successful teams this year. And he's had a couple down games here and there. But with this explosive Chiefs offense putting up like 25 to 30 points every week, you get Tyreek Hill in your lineup every week. You know, his worst game this year actually is seven points in a PPR format. So he has such a high floor. He's at double-digit points. In every week except one, uh, as this offense has just been explosive. Seven touchdowns on the season for Tyreek Hill. So definitely one of the most valuable fantasy players this season. Allen Robinson didn't practice today with a groin injury. My guess is he doesn't play this week. And even if he does, I don't think you want to play him. They're going up against Buffalo, and he's probably going to see a lot of Tredavious White, who's been really good this year. And Robinson's just not 100% at this point. So... Certainly a little bit of a boost there for Anthony Miller, maybe Trey Burton, although I was looking, the Bills have done very well against tight ends because uh, I'm looking, I have to write a sit em column every week, and the worst part is putting a tight end in that sit em column because what tight end can you really sit right now? 
such a thin position. And I don't want to put, like, the guy ranked 25th. So every week I have to come up with someone, and I was uh, looking at Burton as a possibility. Again, I'm not saying bench him, but Buffalo has done a good job against the tight end. But if Robinson's out, that's going to help Burton as well. So if I'm uh, Allen Robinson owner, I'd probably be prepared to be without him this week. But we'll have to just see the next couple days whether he's out there. Sony Michelle was limited at practice today, and he did put in some limited practices over the weekend. So maybe he's getting close to a return. Obviously, the problem is, once again, primetime game for the Patriots. They play Sunday night. So you got to hope that we get word early in the day or over the weekend. And again, a lot of the national reporters have been really good letting us know who's going to be in, who's going to be out. And uh, we'll find out hopefully on Sunday morning before you make that decision. There are actually a couple leagues where I kind of need to use Sony Michelle this week. So I'm hoping he plays. Uh, so... I'll have to make that decision Sunday. And, you know, if you guys have the same situation, you could always ask the questions on the message boards at scoutfantasysports.com. Kind of let you know what I'm going to do and who I'm choosing between. Melvin Gordon was limited in practice today. Remember, he sat out before the bye week with a hamstring injury that came last minute in London. So it was a little bit of a surprise. And, you know, you're always concerned about a hamstring injury just because they linger, as we've seen with Leonard Fournette and Dalvin Cook. So, the fact that he's limited is a good sign. I haven't seen any reports that he's going to sit out, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. My guess is he does play. If he's out, obviously, we've seen this in the past. A uh, big boost for Austin Eckler, who would get an uptick in workload. Royce Freeman didn't practice today. He's dealing with an ankle injury. I don't know if the Broncos have officially said it was a high ankle sprain. That's what a lot of the reports are. Uh if that's the case, you got to think he's not going to play this week and maybe even next week. So that's a big boost for Philip Lindsay, who is even with Freeman on the field, you were playing Lindsay, but certainly gives him a more opportunity to touch the football as Lindsay had a season high 21 touches last week. And Devontae Booker gets a boost here too because he's going to play more. He was in the deep sleeper column last week, and we also mentioned him as a cheap DFS play. Booker played 44% of the snaps last week and had 13 touches for 101 yards. So you know he's going to play in passing situations. It gives him an opportunity to catch four to five passes. And in a week with six teams on by, that is valuable. Theo Riddick returned to a limited practice today. It's the first time he has practiced since week five. So there's a possibility that he returns this week. And that's going to hurt Kerryon Johnson just a little bit. You know, Kerryon Johnson's been really good. Uh, the Lions have had success running the football. Uh, they've also kind of slowed the game down. So... Carry on Johnson, we saw with six receptions last week on eight targets. So you wonder, can he do that with the O'Rick on the field? I'm not so sure, but I think it's pretty clear that they need carry on Johnson. He only had eight carries for 22 yards last week, and that's because the team was playing from behind. But the week before, he had 19 for 158. So he really hasn't been involved in the passing game that much, even with Riddick out. You know, you look at uh, week seven, he had two receptions. Last week was a product of playing from behind. But Detroit had a few games where they were playing from ahead. And that's why you didn't see as many passes. Chris Thompson, not practicing today, dealing with the rib injuries. He's just been banged up this year. And uh, he's one of the players that I wrote about today in the stock watch. And if you remember, like, the first two weeks of the season, it was like 20, 22 and 24 points of PPR. The Redskins lost both those games. When the Redskins play from ahead, Thompson doesn't do anything. I think the game is close this week with Atlanta. And remember, Atlanta allows 8.9 receptions per game to running backs. So this would be a good spot for Thompson if he can go out there. Obviously, Adrian Peterson playing very well and getting huge workloads. 
Uh, but this could be a game that's pretty competitive this week, and Atlanta's weakness is against pass-catching running backs, so something to keep an eye on there. Kenny Stills did not practice today. Uh, he had his full pads and helmet on, but no practice. He's dealing with a groin. This is something to watch. Good matchup here for the Dolphins. If Stills is out, gives a boost to Devontae Parker, Danny Amendola, and Shaquem Grant, who's an interesting GPP play this week because he's very cheap. Robbie Anderson still not at practice. He's dealing with the ankle injury, although Quincy Anua was back on the field, but haven't seen what type of work he did in practice. Obviously, the Jets are very thin at wide receiver right now. Brock Osweiler will once again start against the Jets as Ryan Tannehill has officially been ruled out. So the four straight start for Osweiler, who's actually played pretty decent, but you don't feel good about using him. C.J. Beathard could play tomorrow. You know, it was a game-time decision, but the Athletics' Matt Barrow says he expects C.J. Beathard to play tomorrow against the Raiders. What a brutal Thursday night game. Raiders and 49ers. Man, yeah, that's a game that you want to make other plans if you have to. Uh, of course I'll be watching it. This is what I do. And Matt Breda is questionable for tomorrow's game. Probably you're going to see him play. This guy just doesn't sit. It's a really good matchup, but you just worry. A short week, he's been banged up, the angle's bothering him. Uh, you just don't know. He's definitely a dicey play. When we return, I'll be joined by Chris Vaccaro from The Athletic. Also, he plays in a lot of high-stakes leagues. We're going to talk more Week 9 and football with him. That is ahead right here. Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, you can check me out at scoutfantasysports.com. Fantasy football stock watch article is up. Waiver Wire Wednesday from Dr. Roto, as well as Week 9 projections. You could also ask questions on the message boards and forums anytime. Enter the promo code RONIS70, 70% off your first month. We also have you covered for DFS and VegasWhispers.com. 3-1 yesterday, 14-2 over the last 16 bets. And the free pick of the day is up, so check it out right now. Joining me now, it is Chris Vaccaro from TheAthletic.com. Also plays in a ton of high-stakes leagues. Chris, what's up? Adam, how we doing, buddy? Happy Halloween. You uh, stuffing your face with uh, Kit Kats over there or what? Nah, not yet. I'm a... I know you like that chocolate. I know uh, you like you, that chocolate all the time, so... Uh, yeah, you know I love that. chocolate. I'm, I'm about to get me some chocolate dessert after the show, if you know what I'm saying. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a peanut butter guy, though. Give me give me some peanut butter cups. At, is that is that number one on the list, the peanut butter cups? Yeah, I think so. Anything with peanut butter is number one for me. All right. Peanut all butter right. and chocolate. That's my, favorite, that's my favorite ice cream, too. Peanut butter and chocolate from Baskin Robbins. Wow! Look at you. All right, <laughs> what's yours? On that, that's a good combo. What, 
What's yours? What's your so favorite? What, Halloween? Oh, it's, it's a tie right up there with uh, Twix and Snickers. That would be Oh, I love Snickers. Combo. Yeah, Snickers is phenomenal, yeah. man. Phenomenal. Yeah. I, I enjoy a, the sneaky one also, but uh, that's I like, uh, too popular with everybody. No. Why? I love coconut. I like mounds better. I'm not. I, I don't love the almond. Well, the almond joy is the mounds with the coconut. Right, mounds is without the almond though, so I if I'd rather have mounds right. instead of almond joy. All right, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> you going trick or treating, right? What are you getting dressed up as? Who are you to this week? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I don't, I didn't wear a costume this uh, week, uh, this uh, year, Adam. But we just gave out so much candy today at the Greenwich Street Tavern that we ran out of candy just now, and kids are coming in. Uh, you know, to the bar, and uh, they're leaving with a sad face because we have no more candy to give them. <laughs> give them a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give them, like, a half a cheeseburger each or something. Like There you go. You know, <laughs> just that look at everybody gets a French fry. How about that? We just, that's not Everybody that's not bad. gets a French fry. <laughs> no, where's where's Nando when you need him with donuts? Oh, here's a chocolate sprinkle for you. Here's a, <laughs> here's a jelly for you. Oh, look at Here's a French crawler for you. <laughs> All right. Here's a point stick. <laughs> Let's talk some football now. Let's Obviously, talk football, yeah. A couple big trades happening yesterday. Let's start off with the Demarius Thomas move to the Texans. What do you think this does for the value of Demarius Thomas? Well, it was already in the crapper because he stinks, um, and his career is on the uh, downswing. Adam, so here's my thoughts on that. Going to the Texans, a lot of people seem to think it's a slight upgrade for Demarius Thomas. I honestly just see it as the Texans needing a name to put across the field from DeAndre Hopkins to keep defenses honest. Uh, I think Demarius Thomas will be what he was in Denver this past this year. Um, nothing more than a you know a three or four catch a game receiver for forty to fifty yards. Uh, you know. Nothing special. He'll give you that 8 to 10 points in PPR um, every week. He's not going to help your fantasy team. And, uh, you know, if you, if you need him, you know, to produce big numbers for you, well, you got the wrong guy in your lineup. Yeah, pretty emphatic take there. Uh, I know you did not like Thomas before the year, so uh, just sticking with it. And obviously that has worked was, out uh, as. Yeah, he was honestly, uh, Adam, uh, my article for The Athletic, the preseason, he was my bust of the year. Uh, pick, and I'll stick with it. How about Cortland Sutton? Now, I think everyone loves him. I know you said you have some shares. I do as well. If he is the, on the waiver wire, though, and he is in some home leagues and some leagues with 16 mm -hmm. roster spots, how aggressive would you be in the bidding if it's a, if he's available tonight? Uh, well, the fact that we're going into week nine um, and, and it's getting late in the season and uh, – you know, well, I mean, I always judge it based on because you only have 13 weeks of fab, but, you know, that's, I guess, just a high-stakes market. So if you're playing home leagues and everything, you know, you, you, I guess you, have, you go till 16 with your fab. But uh, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to blow, uh, God, 75%, Adam. I mean, I think this is what you're waiting for. This is what the waiver wire is all about, in, you know, when – you have a game changer, a difference maker that you could put into your lineups that can produce week in and week out. I can't tell you how high I am on Cortland Sutton, and I've been waiting all year long, 
you know, for hopefully Demarius Thomas to either get overtaken in the starting lineup by Sutton or to get traded like he just did. I think Cortland Sutton moves into wide receiver two territory. I would rank him in that 15 to 24 range uh, every week. Uh, I think he's a wide receiver two. I love offenses when you, um, you know, when they get funneled to two main targets as the Broncos are now with Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton. Uh, I love it. I think he's going to be a double-digit target monster every week. Uh, and like I said, a wide receiver too. He was the one guy I've been hoping for and stashing on my Because let's face it, Adam, Sutton, you really couldn't do more than maybe throw him in as a flex here and there so far through eight weeks. You know? But now he goes right up. He was the biggest winner of the trade deadline. Yeah, I agree, and I would spend basically almost all my budget uh, because, like you said, I don't mm-hmm. know if we'll see another impact player like this down the stretch. And you're right. I have him in a couple leagues. I haven't been able to start him, you know, because he's been on the field, right. but the, the volume hasn't been there. He hasn't had more than six targets in a game. In fact, this past week was the season-high 78 yards. You see flashes. Mm-hmm. I think he's had at least one or two penalties called back, a touchdown's called back via penalty. But the talent is clearly yeah. there. Six four two fifteen. I kind of wish Dallas took him. That's the receiver they needed. So I'm with you. I think this guy yeah. is going to be probably on a lot of league winners. I mean, I, I love the fact that when you read, well, first off, you see it with your eyes, the talent, and he's an emerging, you know, star in this league. That in you know, in the next year or two, you'll be drafting in the ne- in the first couple rounds of your fantasy drafts. I believe he's that big, you know, receiver. Um, but when you hear of a, a of a, a talent like Chris Harris on the team saying he's shocked after being with him now this first half of the season that he wasn't a top 10 overall pick, that the kid can do it all and, you know, the sky's the limit for him. You know, you hear things like that from a great defensive player and, you know, it gets you excited to add that into your fantasy lineup. He's a, you know what, Adam? It's, it's rare that you could go to the wire this late in the season and get a league-winning player. Uh, you know, a guy that can deliver you a fantasy championship and help your team. Uh, you know, he's that guy this year. I, I firmly believe that Sutton will be that guy. Uh, I picked him up last week in a league, and by the weekend, because of buys and stuff, I had I dropped him. Oh, and, and oh my god! But you know, I'm putting in a, mo- a bunch of money to get him tonight. So you, I mean, better, you better sit there and pray you get him back, because that'll be a hurtful drop. That's one of those drops you lose it sleepover at night oh. for sure. Nah, there's not much money on the line, so it still bothers me. Uh, but still, yeah. uh, I did hold on to him in GST, thank goodness. You can't, you cannot drop anyone like that I in know. our league. <laughs> no, no, that's an undroppable player, but uh, yeah, I know, I saw that you had Sutton in the GST. Just uh, after we finish up this interview, just, you know, send me your uh, home address, I'll ship the money over there. As, uh, over, this is a wrap. Uh Congratulations on the uh, on the league. Stop with the jinx, again. man. Yeah, and as I soon mean, as you said you're that awesome, yesterday, buddy. as soon as you yeah. said that yesterday, uh, the news came out today. AJ Green going for further testing as his foot swells up. So I have AJ Green. So uh, you know, they, all they got to do is amputate that toe. He'll be fine. <laughs> He'll be out, man. That's, yeah, it's, it's not a big, no deal. big deal. You, you don't you don't need a toe to play a wide receiver. Who needs to no. pivot on the toe and run routes? You don't need it's a toe. Relevant. Just chop it off. Feet, hands, it's all irrelevant. It doesn't matter. No, but that's something to worry about, honestly, that tells yeah. that, you know, that, uh, that kind of is a big deal. And he had this issue, was it two years ago, I believe? It's, a, it's the same foot, yeah. I believe. So 
definitely something yeah, to keep an eye yeah, on. He, yeah, that and, and you know what? Another big wide receiver that I, and it's a little under the radar, but I was watching the game, uh, Mike Evans. Uh, yes, me. Keep your eye on Mike Evans, that, that knee. When, he, when that happened, it was about with less than two minutes left in the game, uh, and I thought he was done. Like, he stayed down, he, he limped to the sideline, he got to the sideline and fell down. And the crazy thing is, about a minute later, he was back in the game. And I was like, oh, all right, well, then I guess it was, you know, like a Paul Pierce uh, moment. Um, but, you know, he didn't practice today, and I wonder if that's something that they found in the knee when they ran tests, and it just hasn't come out yet. Uh, you know, that's something to keep an eye on. But two big-time stud wide receiver ones to keep an eye on. Yeah, and Evans did not practice today. And uh, I mentioned also at the top of the show, Stefan Diggs did not practice today with a rib injury, although he had that oh, injury early in yeah. the game and was able to finish the game. So it seems like it's a pain tolerance issue, and I wouldn't expect him to practice much this week. Talking to Chris Vicaro, you can find him at theathletic.com. Uh, the other trade, Golden Tate going to Philadelphia. What does this do for his value? Because he was getting 27% of the target share in Detroit. Uh, eight, nine targets a game, and now he goes to Philly where you got Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, how much does this hurt him, or is it a lateral move? What's your take on Golden Tate in Philly? No, I have I have that as a downgrade for Golden Tate. Uh, you know, uh, I, I didn't like the move for him. You know, he goes from being pretty much the lead guy along with Marvin and Galladay, but, you know, slightly ahead of those guys as the main guy there. He'll be the third fiddle now uh, behind Jeffrey and Ertz. Uh, I don't see, you know, I don't know how you look at this situation, Adam. I don't like it for Golden Tate. I think he goes from being a wide receiver two every week in your fantasy lineup to a, you know, a, a bottom end wide receiver three and maybe even a flex. I could just see a lot of five for 50s in, in his future in Philadelphia once he gets up to speed with the playbook and everything. Uh, it sucks for owners because now you lose them for, uh, you know, the bye week uh, now uh, coming in. Uh, and like I said, you know, I don't know what this – how do you feel this affects Zach Ertz? I mean, Zach Ertz is a locked-in tight end, you know, the, the best tight end in fantasy right now along with Kelsey. Do you think it affects him a little bit in the middle of the field or no? No. Uh, maybe a no. Yeah, maybe a target or two less, but he's been getting looks in the red zone lately, three touchdowns in the last four games. We know Wentz has the good yeah. rapport with him. I think what this might do, you know, to me, Tate is basically an extension of the run game because their running game is not good. I know they're splitting oh, it. God. You know, we saw God. Adams emerge last week, but it's not like he had a ton of touches. We saw Clement take a back seat. So since they didn't do anything with the running game, my guess is maybe the running backs were too pricey. So they said, all right. You know, we'll get a, a receiver that can be an extension of the running game. So that's where I think maybe Tate comes in. But I do think I, I do think he is more of a wide receiver three in PPR. It's got to hurt because he's just not going to get the same target share that he was getting in Detroit. Yeah, and it's funny. Uh, my article that will be out in the uh, morning for the Athletic uh, talks about this situation here in Philly. And I think the, the number one biggest winner uh, is clear in this situation, and it's Carson Wentz. Yes, and, and I think he could be a top four quarter fantasy quarterback the rest of the way now because I think they looked at this running back situation, and you know everybody was, you know, oh, Le'Veon Bell is going to go to Philly. That's where Bell's going to wind up going. Philly's going to make the move for 
for Bell. Well, you know what? They must have, maybe they kicked their tires around, but they said, you know what? Let's just go to the pass game and put this all on Wentz's shoulders. We got the, you know, we got the studs with Jeffrey and Earth. Let's add Golden Tate to this mix. Wentz could be, you know, the type of guy throwing it 40 plus times a game now and just, you know, being like a Packers type of team, just sprinkling the run just to try and keep teams honest. Uh, with Josh Adams, who I think will take over the backfield going forward, because uh, the the Clement Smallwood uh, combo just isn't working there. So I think Wentz is a top four fantasy quarterback, and if you're in trading leagues, that'd be the quarterback I'm trying to go after for the end of the for the the rest of the season. You brought up Le'Veon Bell, and I get questions every week. And honestly, I don't even know what to tell people. Like people ask, "Do I trade for him? Do I trade him away?" I have no idea what's going on with Le'Veon Bell. I don't know what's going through his head. We heard reports a few weeks ago he's going to report. He's still not here. It's week nine. I mean, what do you make of this Le'Veon Bell situation? I, I honestly, I, I stopped even thinking about it. It's funny because I'm in some trading leagues, and I get the trade offers for Le'Veon Bell. And earlier in the season, I was making offers to get Le'Veon Bell. And now I'm like, I don't want to make I'm not making any trade offers for him and I and the people that are sending me offers I don't want I don't know what happens now there's this report that's saying that you know the the Steelers are hoping he never shows up uh for the rest of the season and Bell is think you know supposedly contemplating not coming for the rest of the year um I, I honestly Adam I this don't is the know. most the bizarre situation ever in fantasy right it, it never happened well it's never happened first off and just think about when, you know, all this news hit and it was that last week of the fantasy season where these rumblings were starting to happen that he wasn't going to show up maybe or whatever. All the people in the high-stakes industry that still went in on him and took him at the end of the first round, the you know, the early second round, all the money that's been burnt. And, and I wrote about it in, in my article last week, Adam, that check this out. Think about it. As, as, a, as a fantasy player... When the season first started and you were getting into the first couple weeks of the season, three, four, five, you were hoping every week that Le'Veon Bell wouldn't show up. As you know, if you weren't invested in Connor or Bell, I'm saying, you were hoping that Bell stayed away because you were like, yes, these guys that took him in the first and second rounds aren't getting him again. They aren't getting that monster back in their lineup. Well, guess what? James Connor is such a monster now that. The teams that got him in the 10th through 13th rounds or wherever they he was going in all these drafts, these are the teams that are sitting in first place or on top of the point standings. So now I think you have to completely sw- shift your focus and say, well, I need Le'Veon Bell to come back now to have a chance in these leagues or in these overall titles because the Connor owners are killing us. So it, it went completely, you know, 360. How about this? So James Conner has 10 touches inside the five-yard line this year. Bell's never had more mm-hmm. than eight since his rookie year in 2013. I mean, And I get... still think that, that that is unbelievable. It really is. And I still think the Steelers are play calling just to, like, rub it in Bell's face to say, hey, we don't need you. Boom. I mean, the guy got 36 touches last week. It, I mean, 36 touches. The guy is, you know, the guy's a top five overall fantasy player right now. And even if Bell does return, you know it's going to take him a few weeks. You don't know if he's getting a full workload. Last year, if you go look at what he did, the first two weeks of the season weren't great. Week three against the Bears was okay. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't think you can acquire Bell at this point. I just think it's it's really bizarre. I had an opportunity to take James Conner on the four-five turn in Vegas. That was after the Thursday night game, and I passed. 
But <laughs> you look back, you're like, oh, if I would have had Connor and, Connor and Gurley, <laughs> how good would that have been? Oh, my God. It, yeah. it really is. It, well, it's crazy because the teams that are up top, the combinations that they have with getting Connor late, they're unbelievable. Yeah, no question about it. Lots more ahead. Always good talking to Chris McCarry. You can find him at theathletic.com. We'll talk more football and what lies ahead for Week 9 when we continue. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis, you can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. Got the Stockwatch article up. Sidham article will be up tomorrow. And, of course, you can ask questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. I am joined by Chris Vaccaro. You can find him at TheAthletic.com. Plays in a ton of high-stakes leagues as uh, we're talking fantasy football here. Uh, with Golden Tate leaving now, I think everyone loves Kenny Galladay. And Marvin Jones, where would you kind of place these guys the rest of the year? Are they pretty much uh, wide receiver twos you start every week? Do you like one better than the other? Thoughts on the Detroit receivers with Golden Tate gone? Yeah, that's exactly uh, what I have the mat, Adam. Uh, wide receiver two, both of them. Um, I think they'll rotate weeks. I like Galladay more than Jones. Um, I would put Galladay in in that uh, you know twelve to eighteen range, and I would put Marvin Jones in that eighteen to twenty four range. Uh, I think Galladay will be the lead dog. I think that's why they got uh, traded Tate, you know, besides the contract uh, coming up and everything. But um, you know, I think Galladay's ready to be that elite wide receiver one. Uh, his schedule's tough the rest of the way when you when you look at it because uh, it's funny that the two guys I was hoping got traded once all the rumors were starting these last this last week did get traded because as a Galladay and, and Sutton owner uh, on some big teams, these are the guys I needed to get shipped out with Tate and Demarius Thomas. So this worked out great for me personally. Um, Galladay, the, the schedule is tough. Like I said, I went and I looked and I said, ah, oh, man, you know, you, you sometimes hope to catch some nice, you know, the Tampas of the world and that, but he's got some tough matchups along the way. But the target share, like I said, I, I, I was saying earlier, you know how Sanders and Sutton, the you know the the targets are funneled just to two main guys. Well, what do we have here? The Lions, it was spread out, you know, over three main targets. Well, Tate's gone, and now the two main targets in this offense with really no tight end to to worry about is Galladay and Marvin Jones. So look for two look for two guys that get ten plus targets every game now. I'm amazed at what Adrian Peterson is doing. He is someone that I did not oh. want to draft, even at his price, and I've clearly been wrong. Uh, it's 33 years old, and he's getting huge workloads. I mean, it's 50 carries over the last two games. He has three games this year of at least 24 carries. If you're in a league now that trades, would you be looking to deal him at a high point, thinking, you know what, How, can he hold up for another eight, nine weeks? Or do you just kind of say, you know what, he's a freak of nature, and I'm going to stick with him? 
you know what? It's funny that you say this um, and this situation, Adam, because I've been scratching my head all week long. I'm one of those guys that actually wound up with Adrian Peterson on a nice handful of teams this year, uh, whether it be high stakes or some outside of the high stakes market and teams that are high stakes but trading. And I have him, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you know what? I think I want to kind of jump off the ship now that we're halfway through the season with an aging running back and, and try and get him at the best. This is the best value you could get right now is, is right now if you're going to trade him, you know? So I started trying to make some offers to people uh, and trade them away this week. But when you look at their schedule, you're like, wow, this could continue. And he looks great. The whole offense, uh, you know, the run game is, is all him. I don't think the Redskins care about future years, obviously. He's on that one-year deal. Next year, Geis comes back into this offense to be the main dog. This team's going to run Adrian Peterson into the ground and keep giving him 20-plus carries. I don't think they trust Alex Smith with the pass game. This is a run-heavy team. Um, so it's a, a little bit of a give-and-take, Adam, to be honest with you. know, I think every day I think I, I've been flip-flopping on my decision. I One day I think they're going to run him into the ground, and he's a great value pick in drafts and to hold him. And he's, a you know, a, just somebody you got to – it's a winning pick, and you keep riding him all season long. And the other half is like, yeah, let me see what I could get for him because maybe the the wheels come off the bus soon. Speaking of the Redskins, they have a really good matchup this week. They're at home against the Falcons, mm-hmm. and we know how bad their defense has been. But is there any Redskins wide receiver you could start to exploit this matchup? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's what a crazy, match. right? What a match. I keep waiting – I keep waiting for Paul Richardson to, uh, you know, get somewhat healthy and and take over as the, you know, the main receiver in this offense. Uh, he just can't do it. Uh, Jordan Reed is not turning out the big numbers, and he is somehow still healthy. Um, that'll be ending shortly, I assume. You know, the clock will strike midnight on Jordan Reed as usual. But, no, I mean, Crowder's still out. There's nothing going on. It's like, how is it? Like, this team is, like, fake good. You oh, know? I agree with he you. Fight. I already I already took yeah, Atlanta it, for Sunday getting two. Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't blame you. I mean, I, that defense for Atlanta is so bad, I don't know if I could trust I know. them on the road. This might be another game that Washington sneaks out. And no, then, uh, six and two? No, come on, man. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you look up and it's like six and two, and, and then they go on, and who knows? Maybe they win this division at ten and six uh, if Philly doesn't get their act together soon. And then that, that's just the team that, you know, if you're, uh, you know, if you're a gambler, you just bet the farm on the first week of the playoffs because they're going out versus a good team. That's a team you do and not want to see in the playoffs. They're, they've been defensively, solid defensively. They're sneaky good. Right. Yeah, defensively, they're sneaky good. Um, offensively, it's just... They're not turning the ball over. That's why, because Alex Smith takes no chances. We've seen him be conservative before. Last year, he was with Kansas City, but that's why. They're not turning the ball over. Right. And and without seeing that schedule in front of me or remembering just off the top of them, I mean, are they just somebody that's getting lucky with their schedule week in and week out? I mean, yes. obviously beating the Giants. You know, they, no started off Owen, they started off 0-2, if I'm not mistaken. I think they did, yeah. They started off 0-2 this season. They lost to Arizona, I think, true? week one. Yes, they lost to Arizona. They they won? Arizona week one, they lost, and then they lost to the Colts in week two. Ew, they lost yeah. to those two teams yeah. on top of it. It's not even like they beat up on the bad teams. 
So wow. they wait a second. That can't wait. They have. Oh no, I'm no, sorry. No, they, they beat Arizona Week One. They lost to the Colts. Beat Green Bay. They lost. Yeah. To the Saints. What do you do? They lost to the what Saints. Are you looking at. Yeah. They, no, okay, yeah. They lost to the Saints. They beat the Panthers. That's actually not a bet because the Panthers, though, are very hit or miss. Like I, like last week they were yeah. down and came back. They beat Dallas by three. They beat the Giants by seven. So this is the schedule upcoming. Like Dallas and the Giants, you know, Dallas and the Giants suck. So that's no accomplishment. Yeah, Dallas finds ways to lose games late. Yeah. So, so they got they're fraud. They got Falcons this week, then Tampa. Then the Texans, the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, the Eagles, the Giants again, Jacksonville, which and Tennessee and the Eagles. So, I'm telling you, this team's going to win ten, nine, ten games, win the division, unless Philly gets red hot and and you know beats them and and goes on a sick winning streak and and you know gets a tiebreaker with ten wins or something like that. That's it because it's definitely not the Giants, and I don't think it's Dallas either. So unless Philly catches them, that'll be a, they'll be having a home playoff game. The Redskins and Philly does have, play them twice, so that'll help. Uh, but yeah, that's like in terms of watching a good playoff, you do not want to see the Redskins in. You just don't. It's no, it, it'll, you like don't. you said, you'll you'll be betting against them in the first round. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, Let me ask you something real quick as we're talking about wide receivers, not to go off on a different uh, topic here, but you know how I do it when I come on your show, Adam, is we just go off the cuff. But uh, DJ Moore, how how do you feel about him? Is he about to explode and be that Cortland Sutton-type league winner the rest of the way, or you don't? You're not with me on that one. No, I am. I love him. I wish I had him in more leagues. I think I made a couple offers for him a couple weeks ago. The thing was, he was hard to acquire. You know this. In the high-stakes market, he was going in the eighth, ninth round. So you had to be very aggressive to get him. So that's why I didn't really get him in a lot of spots. And it's been quiet for people that drafted him. You really couldn't play him for weeks, but now we're starting to see him emerge. It took a Torrey Smith injury to get him on the field for a season high in snaps. But to me, this is a player where you saw him perform last week. They even gave him a couple end arounds. He had 39 yards rushing. I don't see how you take him off the field. You know, I don't care if Torrey Smith veteran or not. You can't. You got to win games here. He's a playmaker. Uh, he's got to be on the field. So yeah, he is definitely someone that I think uh, you're looking at. And you know, this week we have a week in DFS where you got I think Sutton 3900 on DraftKings and DJ Moore could be in play because they're going against Tampa. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, you've you've had DJ Moore in a few leagues. You've held on. Yeah, yeah, I do. And it's funny because uh, you know I love the kid. I watched him a bunch in college, and uh, you know it's funny because the 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 players that were the, in on him the most, you're familiar with them, uh, you know, uh, Nelson Sousa and David Hubbard. Uh, every draft that you would be in with them, they would jump up the board to get him. So any any leagues I wasn't that I was in with those guys, they got them. And any leagues that I wasn't in with them, I got them. So, uh, yeah, DJ Moore, I'm hoping, is another Cortland Sutton type, uh, you know, big-time second-half impact player for me. Yeah, and I think it's a good lesson for people out there, too, is that sometimes, you know, in these middle rounds, you take a shot on these players, and you have to exhibit patience. I know in some of the shallow formats, you know, because a lot of people do play in leagues with 16 roster spots as opposed to the high-stakes leagues where we have 20, it can be a little bit more mm -hmm. difficult in that format because, you know, you got injuries and bye weeks, but 
you know, if you are in a deeper format, you just have to be patient with some of these guys and it might take until the middle of the season. And we're kind of seeing that now with a few players. Oh, 100%. I think that's the name of the game is patience. You know, it's it's tough to look at these type of players like the DJ Moores and, and guys like that that are, you know, giving you absolutely nothing or next to nothing, you know, through the through September. And when you need a player on the wire, you know, to, to add to your team, you those are usually the guys that are expendable, the guys that, you know, you, they're not going to be in your starting lineup. Uh, so you drop them, and then guess what? The guy who winds up winning the league is the guy who a month later takes them off waivers or scoops them up the week after for two bucks because nobody's interested in them and and holds them and has the patience to. And now here we are four or five weeks later, and it's time for these guys to pop. So that's usually what you see with them. So, you know, you, it's on draft day, if you believe in the talent and you know the talent's there uh, and you've seen them play, just got to be patient. You just got to draft them, sit them at the end of the bench as their as your nineteenth or twenty play twentieth player, and, and and sit and hope that this day comes. Talking to Chris Vicari, you can find him at theathletic.com. I think a player that many thought would be a league winner for them, even though he was drafted rounds five or six, they all thought, hey, if Devonta Freeman gets hurt, Tevin Coleman's a league winner. It's been the complete opposite. I mean, to me, he's been one of the most disappointing players. Do you see him turning his season around, or this is pretty much what we're going to get, 10 to 12 touches, and Edo Smith's in the mix, too? No, uh, no. You know what? I, I just – I don't. I think I think he's a bust, you know? And, and what's been the story with Tevin Coleman and people drafting Tevin Coleman the last, you know, three, three four years? You know, I've been that guy also, and this year I gave up. I said – Okay, thank I you. I, this year, too, I, I was sitting I there did. like – you know what? People are taking him around five yep. or six. I said, you now, okay, my my reasoning was you need Devontae Freeman to get hurt for that to pay off. Now, if you were banking right. on a Freeman injury, it worked out for you. But uh, So everything lined up. So I guess their logic was correct, but mm-hmm. I, I, it, it clear, I don't know what's going on. They cannot run the football. He's not involved in the passing game. It, it's clearly not worked out. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just the talent isn't there. I mean, because that's why you drafted Tevin Coleman all these years in those middle rounds. Oh, you know what? He can still contribute and give you the 10, 12 points every week, you know, in that fifth to sixth round as your flex player or, you know, an RB, a low-end RB2. But if and when Devontae Freeman goes down, you have that, you know, first-round draft pick, that elite RB1. Like, that's how we all felt, everybody felt about Tevin Coleman. And now it actually happened this year, and sure enough, I'm sitting here going, telling all my friends, oh, my God, go figure. Freeman goes down finally. It's the one year I don't have Coleman. And thank God, I'm loving it. Every week that Coleman busts and doesn't do much, I'm like, oh, well, you know what? I, at least at least I wasn't uh, in on him. At least I'm not missing much. So, And now you got the whole Ito Smith combo uh, in, uh, in there with him. I guess it's like a 50-50 split the rest of the way with these two guys. Yeah, it definitely feels that way for sure. Uh, what do you make of Cleveland now going forward with the coaching changes there? Todd Haley's out, Hugh Jackson's out. You know, does this help these players? Does it hurt them because it's a you know new coaching staff? You know, what do you think happens with some of these key Cleveland players for fantasy going forward? Nah, you know what? I don't think any of us know that answer with the the whole coaching. Uh, you know, change. I have who knows what they're doing right now. You know, once Hugh Jackson got fired, I was like, you know, we all were like, all right, finally, you know, Todd Haley will take over and, 
and then he gets canned a couple hours later. So <laughs> I believe I forget what it is. Is it the the quarterbacks coach or the running backs coach that took over as head coach? Uh, I, I whoever it is, it doesn't matter. Um, you know who knows what his philosophy is. You know I'm sure that Baker Mayfield approved it and and you know liked the coach or got along good with him or had the same mind thinking uh, of that coach for him to get. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, it's Greg Williams, right? Oh, for head Greg coach, Williams, yeah. yeah, I thought you meant yeah, head coach. I'm sorry, I, I did. I, I that's what I was thinking. Is I know Greg Williams got named head coach, but who's calling the plays? You know, I don't know who the new play caller is. I think it's the running back. Or, or yeah, he's coach, a disciple of uh, Bruce Arians. Okay, so okay, you hope well, you, you mean, hope that he uses similar concepts, right? That's what that's what you yeah, hope for. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I know one thing. They better get David and Joku more involved uh, this week than last week because that was a real disappointment. No targets uh, and a zero in a good spot. So, you know, I don't know what their main philosophy. Put the ball in Baker's hands and, and, you know, let him win it for you or rely on Nick Chubb in the run game. We'll have to wait and see uh, on Sunday. Uh, Let me get a quick take from you on Devontae Parker, a guy who crushed me last year. Then I watch him go out there last week and have a big game. If Kenny Stills is out, can we rely on Devontae Parker? He's got a good matchup this week against the Jets. Uh, Rely on him? I don't know if that's the right term we want to use. (laughs) Um, But, man, oh, man, I mean, what was it? Off the top of my head, I think it was like 8 for 134. 6 for 134. Like, what happened? Why did they play him all these weeks? You know what? I, that's on Adam Gase. I mean, he did this with a giant too, hurt. and Drake last He's year. Got the issue. Yeah, I, I don't know, but Devontae Parker showed him up big time because, and he looked really good. I got to be honest with you, he passes the eye test. That's the thing. That's why we all drafted Devontae Parker. Uh, you know, last year, and whoever went back in on him this year, uh, I waved the towel after last year. But you know, he passes the eye test, so. Uh, they have no choice. I know Kenny Stills did return to practice today. He didn't practice. So it's still, oh, he, uh, he, had hel- he had a helmet and pads, but he didn't Adam, practice. Adam and then the late report. Yeah, that's yeah. right. The late report said no. Uh, they can't take him off the field after last week's performance, Adam. All right, Chris. Always good talking to you, man. Enjoy the rest of your Halloween. All right, buddy. Enjoy that chocolate, all right? Don't I always do. I will. I can yeah, never have enough. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> That's Chris McCarroll from The Athletic. You can find me, scoutfantasysports.com. I'll be back tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern.